Insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Tomorrow, where we take a deeper look into how the issues of today will impact the world of tomorrow, from politics and world news to media and technology. We discuss how today's headlines are becoming tomorrow's reality. Welcome to Insights into Tomorrow. This is episode 10, Decision 2020, Trump versus Biden. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my co-host, Sam Whalen. Hello. How you doing today, Sam? Doing all right. The weather's kind of lame, but, uh, you know. Yeah, it is pretty rough out there, isn't yeah, it? Cold and rainy, but, um, you know, inside's warm, so. That is true, and I don't mind the cold. I like the cold. <laughs> So we've danced around uh, politics on this show for a little while now. We've touched on it a little bit as impartially as possible. Uh, last week we delivered, or last episode, we deliberately avoided talking politics and opted for a, a bit of a softball topic. But I don't think we can avoid it this week. No, we are shooting this on Sunday, the Sunday before the election on the 3rd on Tuesday. So Indeed. Um <clears throat> Given the number of early votes that have been cast, I don't think anything that we say here is going to change anyone's mind uh, any more than any of the candidates campaigning out there are going to change anyone's mind. However, I do think it's a worthwhile discussion for us to have comparing the candidates. Um, and I think we're going to kind of go about this in a kind of a different way. We're going to do it scored sort of like a boxing match. Uh, we'll do a tale of the tape between the two candidates and look at some of their key vital information. And then we're going to do five rounds that are based on a couple of uh, surveys that have been done over the past couple of weeks. And we'll score on a 10 point must each round what each candidate, uh, how they perform in these polls. And then we'll give our opinions at the end of who won, why they won and so forth. Good to go. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, before we start, let's get some uh, podcast business out of the way. Yeah, so some of the rigmarole, your uh, various subscriptions, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and on Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime, that means you have Twitch Prime, and we would appreciate it if you would help us with those. Uh, you get one free Twitch Prime sub a month. Uh, it would really help us out if you were to give that to this channel. Uh, you can contact us at, uh, you can email us, sorry, at com comments at insightsintothings.com. On Twitter, we are at insights underscore things. Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash insightsintothingspodcast. And if you missed any of these links, they're all on the web at insightsintothings.com. Awesome. And we'll be right back with the tale of the tape. So we have two candidates that will be vying for the candidacy for president of the United States for the next four years. The first is the incumbent, the defending champion, uh, Donald J. Trump. 
Uh, we're going to look at their political affiliation, their age, where they're from, a little bit about their um, history, their family history, uh, some education, and some military uh, status uh, history that they have. I'll go down Donald Trump, and how about you go down uh, Joe Biden's record? Sure. Numbers. All right. So, Donald J. Trump's political affiliation currently is Republican. He was previously a reform-minded um, individual. He was a Democrat, registered Democrat, and a registered Independent. Uh, he is now Republican, has been Republican since at least 2016, when he bought, I mean, when he won the uh, nomination from the Republican Party. He is 74 years old. He is, as he has mentioned several times in his rallies in Florida, a senior citizen. He is from Queens, New York, originally. He has been married multiple times. Uh, his first marriage was to Ivana uh, from 77 to 92, which ended in divorce. And he was married to Maria from 93 to 99 and currently married to Melania since 2005. He has four children, five children. He has Don Jr., Ivanka, Eric, Tiffany, and Baron. Tiffany, we don't hear too much about these days. Uh, Don Jr. and Eric are very active as well as Ivanka in his campaign. And uh, Baron is uh, under 18 at this point, so he kind of stays below the radar. Uh, his alma mater is uh, Wharton School of Business, which he transferred to from, um, I forget where he originally went. It was in uh, Bronx, New York. I know that was where the school was, but he's a product of the Wharton School of Business. He has a BS in economics. Military service. Uh, this has been something that was kind of uh, controversial for him in the past. Uh, he had four student draft deferments while in car uh, college during the Vietnam War. Uh, in 66, he was deemed fit for service. 68, July of 68, he was classified as eligible to serve. In October of 68, he was medically deferred as a 1Y, unqualified for duty except in case of national emergency, which I guess Vietnam didn't constitute a case of national emergency. And then in 72, he was reclassified to 4F due to bone spurs and permanently disqualified from the service. And that is the tale of the tape for Donald, Donald J. Trump. Tell us about Joe Biden. Okay, so Joseph R. Biden Jr., uh, his political affiliation is a Democrat. Uh, he's been Democrat his entire uh, career, his political career. Uh, he is 77 years old, so three years older than Donald Trump. Uh, he's from Scranton, PA, which I didn't actually know that. Um, Local-ish, kind of, you know. Uh, his spouse is Jill Biden. They were married in 1977. He was previously married to Neil, Knight, uh, Neilia, Neilia. Sorry about that. Uh, they were married from 1966 to 1972, and unfortunately, she passed away. Uh, he has two children, uh, three children. Sorry, uh, four children. <laughs> <laughs> and the count keeps going. I know, I know they're hiding in there. Uh, Hunter, Bo, who unfortunately passed away, Ashley, and Naomi, who also unfortunately passed away. Uh, his alma mater is Syracuse University. He got a degree in law there. Uh, his military service, he had five student draft deferments while in college. And in 1968, he was medically deferred as a 1-Y due to asthma. 
and he, much like Donald Trump, unqualified for duty except in case of national emergency, and that is Joseph R. Biden. So they are our candidates that will be vying for president, and uh, we'll be right back for round one. Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. So round one of our showdown here between uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, we're going to be talking about the key issues. Uh, this information comes from a survey done by a website called yougov.com. And we have a couple of different issues that will kind of go down the route of where these candidates stand on the issues and where America, Survey of Americans, actually falls. So the first key issue that we talk about is nominating the next Supreme Court justice. Um, obviously, this has been done already. Uh, she's been confirmed. Trump, uh, his stance was to confirm the nomination immediately. Biden and the Democrats wanted to wait until after the election. When America was polled on this, 53% of Americans said they would rather wait until after the election for the confirmation. So the majority of Americans sided with Biden on that one. What's our next category? Uh, so our next category is handling the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, President Trump said he declared victory and wants to move on. He had the virus himself and proclaims to have been cured of it. Uh, Biden wants to implement mandatory masks, social distancing, and other recommendations from medical professionals. Uh, America, 45% uh, of America was confident in Biden while 37% were confident in Trump. So it looks like most people uh, side with Biden uh, on that issue. Yes, they do. The next is the economy and fixing the economy. Trump th thinks the economy is doing great and it's the best there ever was. Biden acknowledges the impact of COVID on our workers and our families. America thinks 37% think things will get better under Trump and 32% think things will get better under Biden. So America is siding with Donald Trump on this one. Uh, the next category, race and violence in our cities. Uh, Trump doesn't think there's systematic racism in the country and condemns any violence. Uh, Biden acknowledges racism in the country and condemns the violent protests and uh, supports the more peaceful ones. Uh, Americans, 39%, think they are mostly violent. Riots. Well, 32% think they are peaceful protest. Uh, so it looks like most people are swinging towards thinking they're violent riots 
um, and are against that. Correct. The next we look at and the last uh, item we look at in this round is integrity of the election, which has been quite controversial over the past few months. Trump is attacking mail-in voting as ripe with fraud. Biden encourages people to vote any way they can, uh, especially considering the conditions we're in under a pandemic. America was asked if they have confidence in the election. 16% have a great deal of confidence in the election and the electoral process. 8% have no confidence at all in the election. Now, it's interesting to point out that there were a number of other uh, levels of confidence that were in this survey. I took the top and the bottom here. So the vast majority of people did fall in the middle. I was kind of looking for those extremes here to see where people had that high degree or complete lack of confidence. So it looks like by a margin of two to one, people are siding with Biden saying that this is they are confident in the election process itself. Now that does bring an end to round one here. And it was pretty well divided, I think. Uh, what are your opinions on round one? Yeah, I mean, it looks like most things were pretty split the way you'd think they would go. Um, one thing that did surprise me was the 8% having no confidence at all in the election. I'm not sure what I thought that number would be, uh, but 8%, honestly, I thought it'd be a little bit higher given the the issues we had in the 2016 election and, and elections in the past and the all the rhetoric surrounding voting in general, I thought that the number would be higher, honestly. Yeah, and I agree with you. I'm surprised it was below 10% there. I kind of yeah. figured it would edge a little bit higher. Uh, but it is good to know that the vast majority of people do think that they, they have confidence in the election. So we are scoring these rounds on a 10-point scale, 10-point must, and uh, we will tally up our totals at the end of the matches. Do we want to do... Uh, each our scores each for each round, or just count it all at the end. Well, I would I would pencil in your your score now, and then okay. we'll do the math at the end there, and we'll just give the totals. Okay. Um, so that's it for round one. We'll be back in a minute with uh, round two. For over seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Starforge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. So round two, uh, we're actually drawing our information from a, a survey done by Pew Research. Uh, and all of the links to the surveys will be available on our website and our show notes after the podcast. Uh, so round two, we're looking at the top reasons for voting for each candidate. And we're looking at Donald Trump 
Uh, well, we're looking at both candidates. I'm sorry. We're looking at both candidates and we're looking at several different categories. So the first category we look at was leadership and performance. So we, uh, Americans were asked to rate each candidate on each of these categories and for leadership and performance, 23% cast their votes for Donald Trump, while only 19% cast their votes for Joe Biden. Uh, so the next category is his issue or policy positions. Uh, in this instance, 21% of people uh, voted for President Trump here and only 9% uh, voting for Biden. So Biden definitely scoring low in that category. The next category is he's not the other guy. <laughs> Uh, which seems whimsical, but given the divisive nature of politics in our country today, I think it's pretty significant. 56% of people said they would vote for Biden because he's not Trump. And only 19% said they would vote for Bi uh, Trump over Biden. Now, again, this is not a category that has any kind of concrete, provable evidence. It's literally just <laughs> opinion. opinion of candidates. Yeah. Uh, so the next category, he is for the American people and values, uh, the candidate's representation of American people and values. Uh, Trump uh, scored 17% in that category, and Biden only scored 6%. So again, Biden falling uh, in the low percentages. The next category we have is people who vote along party lines. So Republicans vote Republican, Democrats vote down the Democrat column, 16% said they would vote for Trump, 7% vote for Biden. And I think that is more a statement of party loyalty more than anything. And I also think that's kind of reflective of what we saw coming out of the primaries where we had 20-some people um, as candidates that emerged on the Democrat side where the Republicans obviously maintain a fairly... Um, single-minded race the whole time. And I think that statistic is reflective of that. Yeah. Uh, so the next category is their personality, personality, excuse me, and temperament. Uh, Biden scoring 13% here and President Trump scoring 11%. So Biden pulling ahead with two extra percent. And it's interesting, given the nature of the first debate, which this, this survey occurred after the first debate, I'm surprised that that margin isn't greater in yeah. Biden's favor because of the amount of criticism that that was mm -hmm. lambasted against trump for his seemingly overbearing bullying yep. t uh, tendencies during the uh, debate um the next category is simply other it was not they had a prescription of what uh questions they asked people and people who answered for voting reasons outside of those wound up in the other um, and this is a statistical tie here. Biden at 13%, Trump at 12%. I think the margin of error on this poll was 4 or 5%. So statistically insignificant to the overall poll. And the final category is people that did not know or refused to answer. And again, these are pretty close. Biden with 14% and Trump with 13%. Yeah, so I think the last two here we kind of can throw out from a statistical standpoint. Uh, looking at the rest of these, I think it's pretty clear that uh, Donald Trump round, uh, won round two on this one here. Uh, let's move right into round three here, since that was a quick, decisive round. Round three, using the same poll, looks at personality traits. So we look at energetic being our first one. 
56% of Americans think that Donald Trump is more energetic than 40% who think Biden is more energetic. Uh, the next is courageous or, you know, how courage, how much courage they have. Uh, Trump with 46% and Biden close with 45%. So just 1% difference there. And then we asked Americans, well, we didn't, but Pew Research asked Americans, uh, who cares for the needs of ordinary people? And this is where we see a bit of a breakout here where Biden <clears throat> scores 54% of the confidence level from voters, Trump only 41%. So that, that's kind of a opinion statement there as to who cares more. Yeah, and sort of in the same vein as that, the next category, uh, a good role model. And again, Biden pulling ahead here, 46% from Biden, uh, with Trump only getting 31%. So again, similar to cares for needs of an ordinary people, you're seeing in the personality realm, Biden is pulling ahead a little bit. Right. And the last one that we have in round three here, um, I think this is a, this is a knockout blow here, and, and the last two were, uh, they asked, who do you think is more even-tempered? 60% of Americans think that Biden is more even-tempered than 25% of uh, Trump supporters. Uh, so I think round three, I, I would definitely have to give to Biden in this case here. Not only did he win more of the categories, but he won them with a significantly higher percentage mm -hmm. uh, difference than the others. Yep, definitely. Uh, but overall, I'm... I'm I was actually kind of surprised at this point in time when I prepared the notes as to how even uh, the two candidates really were at this point in time if we're scoring on a 10-point must. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a, another quick break here, and we'll be back in just a minute for round four, where we're going to look at what voter confidence is on key issues between the candidates. <laughs> into entertainment a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media our husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom we'll look at the interesting and obscure entertainment news of the week We'll talk about theme park and pop culture news. We'll give you the latest and greatest on pop culture conventions. We'll give you a deep dive into Disney, Star Wars, and much more. Check out our video episodes at youtube.com backslash insights into things. Our audio episodes at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com or check us out on the web at insightsintothings.com. We're back with Decision 2020. Wrong camera angle. <laughs> I was like, hello. <laughs> Decision 2020, Trump versus Biden. We're about halfway through now. We're, we're scoring this on a 10-point must. We did our tail of the tape. Halfway through now, we've got two rounds left to go. Where do you think we stand on the candidates? Well, just doing a quick, uh, I'm not going to reveal my scores yet. You know, we got to tease it for the end. But just uh, doing a quick totaling of my scores, both candidates are pretty close. Um, I think in the most recent round, in round three, we definitely saw Biden pull ahead just in terms of his personality. Um, and I think that's interesting because if you look at 
it, being president is more than just your personality. It's about policy issues, which if we look at those rounds, candidates were much closer or it leaned to one towards, you know, uh, President Trump. So it's interesting to see how these votes are coming down and what people might value in a, in a presidential candidate or a president themselves. Yeah, and I think part of that is the fact that, you know, Donald Trump has been president for four years, so we have a performance that we can look at for comparison purposes. Uh, Biden has been out of office for four years, and when he was in office, he wasn't president. He was a vice president. He was a senator and so forth. So I think when people look at policy decisions, they look at that kind of differently given the roles that Biden's been in in the past. And I don't think he gets nearly as much attention or credit for those policy decisions um, but especially from an economic standpoint, Donald Trump has very much cast himself as, well, he's casting himself as the law and order president, but he also hinges a lot of what his performance is on the economy. How do you think that's affecting the survey results? Well, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, people care probably the most about money, right? So, and if, if Trump's able to frame it in such a way that if you vote for me, I can keep the income flowing or I can keep your families fed when in reality, at least from my point of view, given the COVID-19 pandemic, he hasn't done all that great of a job in terms of keeping like stimulus checks and things like that. And I know that it was also the Democrats involved with that about not being able to push that through. But I, th I think it's, it's not nearly as cut and dry as Trump would like people to believe where if, if you vote for him immediately, the economy will be, will be better. And in turn, your life will be better. And I, and I agree with you on that point. A lot of the things I think that I would knock Donald Trump on here is he's telling you that things are bad. You know, we have a, we have riots in the streets. You know, if, if you elect Joe Biden, you know, your taxes are going to go up and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And he cites a lot of things that are happening right now under a Republican administration. So I find it difficult to correlate that electing Biden would change things since obviously we're still having riots in the streets now, most recently in our backyard in Philadelphia here. Yep. And that's happening on Donald Trump's watch. So why would that change on Joe Biden's watch? Yeah. Those ads that make that argument, they perplex me because he presents this image of an America that is burning but he's the president, right? And, and it's 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 on one hand, I, I can't tell if it's smart or or not, because some people are probably believing it, yeah. And that if they give him another four years, he can stop it all. But in a lot of instances, he is at some fault for the state of things now, anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I know we don't want to turn it into a Trump bashing thing, but like you said, he, we've had four years of his performance to critique, and I guess that's probably why we're leaning yeah. you know, that way. Well, and he makes, you know, he makes a point of talking about the forest fires out in, in the, uh, on the West coast there. And a lot of experts make a case for the forest fires being as bad as they are because of environmental issues, global warming and so forth, the drought that's been out there. And Donald Trump tends to counter saying, well, it's forest management. Well, two thirds of the land that's burning is managed by the, federal forest service which is under his control mm -hmm. so if there's an issue with forest management it's the administration that's falling down on that um and and i look at that the response that he has and i have to question really the veracity of it and then 
even getting to something as simple as the slogan, you know, Biden is uh, build back better, which, okay, that's kind of lame, but sure, it's different. Um, but Trump is sticking with make America great again. And I have to wonder if that's really helping you out. You were, you campaigned in 2016 with make America great again. You got four years and you're campaigning on make America great again. Are you saying that in the first four years you didn't make America great? Yeah, I think if, some, yeah, sorry, if, go ahead. if that's the case, why would I vote for you again yeah. for another four years? Yeah, I think sometimes he'll change it up and say, keep America great. But if this is our definition of greatness, it's not one that I would like to subscribe to. Right, right. So it just, we seem to get very confusing messages out of, out of the Trump campaign at this point in time. Uh, but, you know, on the opposite side, we have a number of controversies out there that are brewing around Biden. You know, we're talking packing the Supreme Court. We're talking the whole Hunter Biden laptop thing, which is or isn't an issue, and that's still up for debate. But a lot of the tough questions, fracking being another one, mm -hmm. a lot of the tough questions that are being pushed at Joe Biden are basically being ignored. They're not being responded to. And and I don't know if that's a good strategy in that maybe his handlers are afraid of the response that he's going to give. Um if you look at his response on fracking, it's been uh, fragmented. It's been inconsistent. Um, and he's countered previous statements a number of times during the campaign. Um, or is he just avoiding answering the tough questions? Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. And talking about fracking, he when he talks about the pandemic, he is all in favor of science and things like that. But when it comes to fracking, which is... You know, scientists say it's a bad thing. He's all for it. So there's conflicting messages there. And obviously with every politician, you're going to have that. You're going to have them conflict with themselves. But I don't know. It's it's not necessarily directly lying, but it makes you wonder if he does get four years in office, how that is that dichotomy almost is going to be reflected in the administration. Yeah, yeah. Should be interesting. Well, let's get on to the second half of the match here. So round four... We're going to, uh, the voters were asked what their confidence is on each candidate in certain key issues. And the first key issue, again, economic policy. <clears throat> so 51% of people are more confident in Trump's economic policy than Biden, who we only have a 48%. But again, we have a four or five, four to five percent margin of error. So that's statistically irrelevant. When it, in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure we can we can really choose a winner from that one. What's our next category? Uh, so the next category is law enforcement and criminal justice issues. Uh, Biden uh, pulling ahead here with 46% of confidence, while Trump has 41%. And I think that's, again, having four years of Trump, I think that that is a reflection in this poll because he, President Trump, is dealing with currently with uh, civil unrest, quote unquote, and his issues and his takes on law enforcement and how that should be implemented. So I think that, you know, that's how we're, what we're seeing in these polls. And I would tend to agree. I don't think Biden really has any record on law enforcement, uh, in the 47 years that he's been in the Senate. Um, so I can't, I'm puzzled as to why he's, he's scoring so high here. I think it's more a matter of Trump scoring low mm -hmm. than Biden scoring high. And I think that's just a product of he's different, yeah. right? 
So the next one we have is handling the coronavirus health impact. And here we get a significant percentage difference as well. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. I skipped a category. I would have just read that. If you liked. Yeah, I skipped a category. <laughs> Foreign policy issues. So in this in this year, we have a six-point lead. So this is a, this is a statistical um, a lead that we can cite here. Biden has been graded with a 50% level of confidence versus Trump's 44%. And I think this kind of speaks to both of them. Biden definitely has a foreign policy history, uh, both in the Senate and as uh, vice president. And Trump most definitely has a foreign policy history in his last four years, uh, which given the countries that we seem to be more closely friendly with and those that we are less friendly with, I think, uh, speaks volumes. Uh, so the next category is handling the coronavirus health impact. Uh, Biden uh, wins this category, getting 52%, while Trump only has 41%. And again, we're seeing this reoccurring thing with this round specifically. But I think it's about, I'm going to repeat myself here, but Trump having four years and Biden giving policy promises for if he were to win the election, what his administration would look like. So I wonder if Trump falling behind in a lot of these categories is more just people wanting something different from Biden or something better uh, in a lot, on a lot of these issues. Well, I think specifically to coronavirus, this sort of came to a head in the second debate where the performance that Trump has put up for the pandemic we're currently in is abysmal. Mm -hmm. um, given the number of infections, the number of deaths, the performance in relation to other countries who have had it, uh, the United States is last, um, hands down. And during the second debate, uh, Trump tried to sort of retaliate or, or, or punch back on this when they talked about the H1N1 uh, virus that struck during the uh, Obama-Biden administration and claimed that had they dealt with this virus then the same way, the death toll would have been monstrously higher. Two million people, I think, is what he was quoted as. And when you look at the performance of the Obama and Biden administration, the death toll was insignificant compared to what we're seeing now. Yep. And I think, I think Trump failed to make a case for a failure on Biden's part in the first pandemic, which in combination with his abysmal handling of it, and, and I, there's very few people I think that can provide a convincing argument otherwise, I think those two things combined is what's really killing the, the public confidence. I mean, Trump has, has declared that the, that the virus is over and we've got a thousand people a day dying. So it's it's kind of hard to have any confidence in someone who has that kind of distorted version. Yeah. And on that issue, also pulling out of the World Health Organization in the middle of a pandemic, I don't know who greenlit that. I'm sure it was probably mostly President Trump pushing for that, given his opinions on funding the World Health Organization, which... If you just do a cursory amount of research, it's not quite as black and white as he's presenting it. Right. But I think things like that, whether they're for, in his mind, the right reasons or not, they send the wrong message to not only the American people, but to the rest of the world on how America is handling this. And you're seeing that 
with travel restrictions being put back on Americans going to other countries and cases continuing to rise every day. Yeah. Well, not only did he pull us out of the World Health Organization, he's also he has a crusade going to repeal the Affordable Care Act, which would leave 20 million plus Americans without health care during a pandemic. Maybe the ACA probably, maybe it needs to be recalled and needs to be reworked and something else put out. Um, he doesn't have a plan. He hasn't put a plan forward. It's coming every two weeks. It's coming. So until you have something that's a viable replacement, that's better, you can't withdraw it. And it's already made its way to the Supreme court. Yeah. We're waiting on a vote for the Supreme court. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's easy to say all these things about Trump because we don't have a Biden in this situation. And maybe things would have gone just as poorly if Biden was in charge, but that's not really the point. The point is Trump was in charge and this, these are the consequences of his actions. That's exactly it. So the next uh, category we have, um, which is a, another clear victory for um, Biden, is race relations. Uh, 48% of Americans are confident in Biden versus 35%. And again, this is, this is a direct reflection of the last four years of division that we saw under Trump. Now, looking at Biden's record... Biden does not have a stellar record on race relations. He's yeah. made comments in the past. He's had uh, policy decisions in the past that were not in the best interest of minorities. And a lot of that is just being overshadowed by the fact that Donald Trump, in many cases, has aligned himself with white supremacist groups. He refuses to condemn them. Um, he's made comments to the effect that you know, there are decent people in the KKK. Uh, he was asked to condemn um, the Proud Boys on the debate stage. And instead of saying, you know, stand down, it was stand back and stand by, which is a very, very different message than stand down. Um, so it, this is a direct reflection, I think, on Trump's handling of the race relation issue. And, and just recently, the other day, wasn't. And I know I, I don't want to speak out of turn here because I, I don't have the information in front of me. But wasn't Biden's bus uh, confronted with white supremacists down in Florida? Texas. That, Texas, was, that was actually today or yesterday. Yeah. They were going to a rally. They canceled the rally because Trump supporters in pickup trucks surrounded the bus driving down the highway. Yeah. And I don't know if, if Trump has, a, has commented on that at all. But either way... It's difficult to argue that these things would not be happening if Trump, President Trump, was not in office. I, I agree, I and, he, and and you can't necessarily knock Trump for the the actions of every one of his supporters. Yeah, what you can knock him for is his reaction to it. Mm -hmm. You know, he should have immediately come out and condemned that type of action. Um, and the other thing you have to keep in mind is. Vice president, uh, uh, presidential candidates have Secret Service protection details. So you have these highly trained individuals with weapons that are being provoked by these protesters. American citizens. Yeah. And, and the fact that this is being allowed to happen is, is extraordinary during an election. Yeah. Uh, I guess speaking of all that, the final category we have here is bringing the country closer together. Uh, obviously, we're just talking about division and things like that. Uh, Biden here getting 45% and Trump getting 31%. So again, Biden pulling ahead. So how do you, how would you rate round four at this point? Well, it definitely looks like 
Biden uh, overall winning more categories here. But again, is it just because we have four years of Donald Trump and we want something, people want something different? And I mean, with, with things like race relations, we talk about how Biden has certain issues with it in his past. But when you compare it to Trump, it's, it's it's almost apples and oranges in terms of of quantity of evidence, and I think that that is the reason that Biden pulls ahead in so many of these categories is the amount of evidence for each of them on these issues. Yeah, and and you know it's funny that that you you say the phrase people might just want something different because that's exactly what swept Donald Trump in the office in mm-hmm. 2016 was the idea that it's not politics as usual. I'm different. I'm not a politician. People are tired of politicians. I'm going to drain the swamp. So he swept into office under the premise of I'm different. And now he's under real threat of being swept out for people looking for something different. And his premise was, well, you've had 50 years of politics as usual. I'm different. We've had four years of Trump and Americans seem to want something different now. So I'm not really sure where that statement actually leads the country. Yeah, and I think that happens anytime you have the incumbent president going against another, the other candidate from the other party. It's always, well, I didn't like what they did, so I'm going to vote for somebody different. Whereas if you have a president that is overall liked in their first term, they're more likely to get reelected because people want more of the same. And we're not seeing that here, I don't think. Well, and the one thing I think that's very different about this race than I think I've ever seen in the history of politics is you look at the national conventions for each party. And the Democratic National Convention quite literally had more respectable Republicans speaking in favor of Biden than Donald Trump had in total speaking at the Republican National Convention. When more Republicans show up for the Democratic National Convention... I think you're seeing a divide in a party where the par- that party has been very consciously trying to cover up that divide at this mm-hmm. point. And the race that we're looking at here is not really just a race for the president. It's a race for the Senate and the House. Uh, right now, the, the Republicans control a majority there. So anything that the Democrats try to do is being thwarted. And there's a real threat right now because of how the country has been in the last four years under a Republican president that not only do you see the executive office switch, you may see enough seats in the Senate switch that you could have a Democratic president and a Democratic-controlled Congress that will dominate for the next at least two years until the midterms. So that could have a significant impact on the future of this country. Yeah, and we're not even taking into account the Supreme Court, too. Um, having majority Republican judges is also going to affect how well, others— Well, and, and let's not call them Republican judges. That's kind of unfair because you know they are impartial, mm-hmm. but they've been Republican-appointed judges. It's, yeah, sorry. I, that's closer to what I meant. Um, but those appointing uh, judges are also going to affect uh, how a lot of decisions will go. Yeah, I, you know— whether you're a Trump supporter or not, the fact that he's had the opportunity to appoint three justices to the Supreme Court when in four years he's gone through more members of his administration than, than any other administration before, which to me, if I look at it from, from a hiring manager standpoint, if you go through that many people in that short a period of time, you're probably a terrible judge of character 
when it comes to hiring people. Yeah. And based on that revolving door policy on his administration, he's got three people appointed to the highest court in the land for life terms that will have far-reaching impacts on the future of this company country than anything. Yep. Um, and, and that's kind of alarming, you know, even if you aren't a, 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 a Democrat, I think it's alarming that any single individual has that much of an influence over the Supreme Court. So that was it for round four. We have one more round, uh, which I think is probably the biggest round that we have, and it's a single question round. And I think this will tip our contest one way or the other. Because I think we're, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we're pretty evenly matched right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you have a couple instances of Biden pulling ahead, but then you also have Trump uh, doing better in the other rounds as well. So it is, I'd say it is pretty back and forth. I agree. So we'll take a quick break and we'll come back for round five and then our analysis. So round five is a simple, a single question, very simple. And this comes from the yougov.com survey asking who they think is the most honest candidate. And people who were polled about that question for Donald Trump, 57% say he's not honest, and 35% say he is honest. Uh, Joe Biden, 48% say he is honest, 41% says he's not honest. So Joe Biden, his numbers are a lot closer uh, than President Trump's were. Yes, and, and I think this is probably the most telling thing out there. Um. Most people, and and I don't mean to seem cynical, but when it comes to politics, I think most people expect your politicians to lie to you. Mm -hmm. And I think if you don't, you're naive. Um, the fact that they think that the only career politician in this race is more honest than our current president speaks volumes. Yeah, especially given a big reason for Trump getting elected in 2016 was his uh, – his stance against career politicians. And now the career politician is in some ways being more favored in different categories. Yes. And I, and I think Donald Trump's again, a lot, a lot of this reflection is on the last four years. I think mm -hmm. Donald Trump puts himself out there with these absolute statements. And that's a product of his political naivety, where a career politician knows how to say something that, leaves him enough wiggle room to get out of an absolute statement. Yep. Um, Donald Trump gets in front of the microphone and says things like, there'll be a vaccine in two weeks. Well, when there's not a vaccine in two weeks, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. You've kind of painted yourself into a corner there. Yeah, and we talked about that with Biden, having more of the career politician take where he, talking about things like fracking and his criminal justice background, where he gives himself that wiggle room. He doesn't have a concrete stance, right. which... Kent is a negative and a positive at the same time. It depends on how you look at it because he can't, there's very few, except for a few unfortunate quotes that he said before of things you can pull up to say, oh, well, here's evidence of this guy, you know, not being fit to lead. Yeah. And, and Trump has shot himself in the foot a number of times yeah. here because Trump is a gambler. You know, Trump is the type of person who takes chances and he plays the numbers in such a way that, 
when he says something that's an absolute statement and it's true, then he gains a lot of collateral that way. And when it's not true, what happens? Usually we get some other statement or something else that distracts us away from that, Mm -hmm. or he tries to wiggle his way out of it or something like that. Then he turns into the politician and he starts the, the song and dance. And I think as a result of that, he comes across as dishonest. And there was a uh, statistic that I saw, and I think it was on USA Today. I don't remember. But midway through this race a couple months ago, there was a statistic that came out that rated Donald Trump as every fourth word out of his mouth was a lie. And that's based on the number of words that he's given in public and the number of lies that he's told. And that's, I've never seen that statistic for any politician. The fact that he has so many untruths out there that they can calculate that is alarming. Yeah, and this came up with the debates, too. People wanted live fact-checkers. I think even Joe Biden said there should be live fact-checkers. But I do think it can be a little bit one-sided against Trump with how much he lies, especially with things like fact-checking. I think in terms of the debates, I think it should have been a little bit more even with who's being fact-checked the most, where I think it's... Trump makes himself an easy target, given all of his lies. And I think that there has been a lot of attention on that, and maybe not as much on uh, Joe Biden. Well, and Donald Trump has also put himself in, in compromising positions in the past, mm-hmm. um, like the Woodward interviews, for instance, oh, that yeah. were done months ago, um, very early into the pandemic. And Donald Trump came out acknowledging the fact that he knew how dangerous the virus was. He knew it was airborne. And he willingly chose to downplay the virus because he didn't want to panic Americans. And why you would say something that was so compromising on tape, knowing that you're on tape, mm-hmm. boggles my mind. Yeah. And, and I don't understand what he thought he was going to gain from that. I, for, the way I see it is he doesn't care. Because that is already out of the news cycle, right? I mean, he admitted to this on tape, and it was major headlines for a couple days, but it's out of the cycle now. And I think that that has been a reoccurring thing with his administration and his presidency. He says something insane or does something insane that you would never think a president to do, and in the past would probably be extremely damning. But because there's so, it happens so frequently, we become desensitized to it, and it becomes, unfortunately, a, a new normal almost. And I think that he says things like this because he knows that it's not going to stick. Yeah. And I think you're right. And and I think when he does something where he, shoot, he shoots himself in the foot and the news organizations pick up on it and report on it, then we get the, oh, it's fake news. They're not treating me fairly. Did you ask Biden the same questions? Yeah. And he goes on this defensive rant to distract away from everything. Um, so he's... I have to give him full props as a master manipulator. He really has his, the the perfected the methodologies of ma- of manipulating the media at this point in time. Yeah, I mean that was kind of his reputation even before he became president, right? I mean, with his depiction in different movies, you know, Back to the Future Two, the president and that being loosely based, or not the president, but the older Biff being loosely based on Donald Trump, right? And things like that. I think he's always had this reputation. It was only before. It was more normal because he was a, a greedy businessman. But when you put somebody like that in office, 
the standards are different. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. So that was it for round five. I think we can say that squarely went to uh, Joe Biden. Uh, we'll be right back with our final thoughts and uh, our tally of who we think won the matchup. <laughs> So, in tallying up my numbers here, I'm showing Biden with 49 points and Trump with 45. What do you show? I had Biden with 49 and Trump with 41 points. Okay, well, you were much harder on Trump than I was. Well, I was harder on Trump uh, in rounds three and four, only because he scored so much. Those are the categories where he got destroyed by Joe Biden in terms of the percentage differences. So, I thought that that warranted... Uh, lower scores for him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think either way, we both agree that uh, based on these polls uh, from Americans uh, out there from two different polling organizations that Biden was the clear winner. Uh, what are your thoughts moving forward? Uh, let me let me ask you a couple of, of questions that I think a lot of Americans have on their mind right now and get your reaction. One, how do you think November 3rd is going to play out? Do you think we're going to have a winner or do you think it's going to take some time to count the votes? I think it's going to take a couple of days afterwards. Um, just because of the influx of mail-in ballots, especially with the pandemic, I think I'm, and I don't know if you watched it last week tonight, but he talked about this thing, John Oliver, about this thing called the blue shift, where because so many um, Biden supporters are mailing in their ballots, those votes might not be counted until a couple of days after election night. Whereas if a lot of people that support Trump vote in person, that might show him pulling ahead, which he could then capitalize on to declare a victory. Um, and I think that that's a scary prospect. Um, and I think the official tally will probably be a couple of days later um, due to the just the mail-in votes. So let's say a week, two weeks into this, we have decisive numbers that come back after everything's counted up. And let's say uh, hypothetically... Donald Trump loses the election in the Electoral College. Do you think we'll see a peaceful transition of power, or do you? How do you think you? How do you see that going down? I I don't really know, honestly. I mean, obviously, he says all these things like, "I'm not a good loser." I will, you know. He's spoken to the idea that he might try to to resist the peaceful transition, but I don't know how much of that is true. I I, I wonder if. He's just saying that to, to frighten people or to appear stronger to his supporters. Um, but honestly, I, I have no idea. I have no idea how things are going to go if he does end up losing the Electoral College, if he does. Um, I'm not, I don't, I don't know, unfortunately. Well, let me ask you the same question. If Biden loses, what do you think is going to happen? How do you think the country is going to react? Uh, I think his supporters are going to be disappointed. I know I would personally be disappointed by it. Um, but I do think that Trump would probably run with it and maybe use it as, as fuel to extend you know, his power even more because he, he won again. Right. And, and that for him would be a confirmation that he's doing the things right, the right way. So it probably will just lead to more of what we have now. Now, have, can I ask you, have you voted? Yeah. And you did mail-in voting or I you did, did in person? Yeah, no, I, did. Okay. I mailed uh, back in whenever I got it, which was like October. Now, let me ask you a question, and this is a question that I, I, I ask a lot of people when it comes to politics. Putting all the other issues aside, everything we talked about here, the one thing I ask people when they look to vote is, 
Are you better off today than you were four years ago? I'd, me personally, I would say no, but I, I realize that I'm in a privileged position and there are a lot of people less uh, fortunate than me that are in much worse positions. And I do take that in consideration when I vote. I'd say the biggest thing that the Trump presidency has affected me is the coronavirus pandemic and it uh, limiting my options in my life in terms of social options and things for school, um, you know, having to do school remotely. Um, but like I said, other people have been affected in much worse ways um, from the presidency. Should we see a change in administration here and Joe Biden come into power? Do you think the coronavirus will be dealt with better? Do you think we'll see a, a more involved government in uh, a, a addressing of it? I do. I, I, at least I hope. I hope so. Um, I hope that funds will be better allocated. I think that if if the leader of the country admits that there is a problem and is working towards it, I think that that will help at least some people in the country take it more seriously as well. Because I know in at least my life, people, a lot of people are not taking it as seriously as they should. And I wonder how much of that comes from the kind of rhetoric they're hearing about it from their leaders. Right. And, and economically speaking, who do you think the country would be better off with, Trump or Biden? I am not super well-versed in economics. Um, I know that a lot of people are citing tax, uh, Trump's tax, taxing of, or no, Biden's taxing of the wealthy, which I am in support of. I think that that's a good thing. I think people that are wealthy should contribute more. Um, I'm not, but like I said, I'm not familiar um as as much as i should be with the economics is there any outstanding uh issue that you think sticks out more than anything else that we've discussed that would decide who do you think should be president i know that before i said that it's not all about personality when you're picking a candidate but for me i just don't see voting for trump as the moral right thing to do and that's honestly that's the biggest thing for me i don't support biden on a lot of issues. I don't agree with him on a lot of issues, but I just don't think Trump is a good man. And maybe Biden isn't either, but I think there's something about Trump that for me, he's just not, not the right person to be in office or to be in power. Fair enough. Uh, that was all I had. Did you have anything else you want to get into? Nope. All right. Uh, I think that's it for today. I think, uh, our next podcast will be, very interesting, depending on how this election goes. I assume uh, by the time we go on the air again, that decision will have been made yep. by the country. And we'll see what direction we go. And uh, it might even decide what we talk about on the next podcast. <laughs> yeah, <I guess> so. <laughs> that was all we had. Uh, thank you for watching today. Uh, before we go, uh, I would invite folks to subscribe to us. You can get video versions of our podcast if you look for insights into things you can get audio versions if you look for insights into tomorrow we're available on apple Podcasts, spotify google stitcher iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and amazon uh, we would also invite folks to reach out to us and give us your feedback you can email us at comments at insights into things we're on twitter at insights into things we are on instagram at insights into things Facebook, you can catch us at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast, or you can get links to all of our social media contacts, as well as transcripts and show notes 
on our website at www.insightsintothings.com. And I think that's it. Another one in the books. Bye.